0: right welcome back to the books and bones podcast where we read books and discuss the movie adaptation uh this week we have our very first guest uh it's bethany from prince kai fam pod i was on her podcast last year and it was for chris right i think so i feel yeah. like yeah it
1: has been a year hasn't it that has crazy. yeah it went by really fast um you need to come back I do. (laughs) We're going to start winter soon.
0: (laughs) Uh, Do you want to let us know? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast. Uh, So my name is Bethany Finger, and I am a librarian.
1: And my podcast is all about the books by author Marissa Meyer. I go in publishing order. So we've already covered Cinder, Scarlet, and Cress of the Lunar Chronicles. And we're currently covering *Fairest*. And when we're done with the *Lunar Chronicles*, we will do *Heartless* and *Renegades* and *Instant Karma* and *Gilded*. And she promised me I won't run out of content. So whatever she publishes (laughs) after that, uh, I will. I will definitely cover on the podcast. And we've done three episodes with Marissa now.
0: That's so cool.
1: yeah, she said she'll do a, like a wrap-up episode with me at the end of every book. So while we're going through the books chapter by chapter, we try to keep track of any questions we might have. And then we do a wrap-up episode at the end of every book with her where we get to have
0: those questions answered. Yeah, that's a perfect format. Yeah. Um. But yeah, going back to Winter, I ended up buying the rest of the series because I really enjoyed the books. So I just Yay. like binged them all. So Yeah. <laughs>
1: Lenny, I'm looking at my schedule right now, and I have an opening in winter for chapters 12 and 13 if you want it.
0: Yeah, I would love that.
1: You won't, we won't record until August, so you have plenty of time.
0: Oh yeah, I can refresh my mind.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. I schedule up like super far in advance because I have a guest for every episode.
0: That's really smart. I need to learn from you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of work. Um like, keeping track of everybody.
0: Oh, yeah. You you kind of get
1: used to it, you know? Oh, yeah. After a while, you get used to it. You become a pro. Something Um, like that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But, yeah, so this month, we actually – the reason why uh, I asked Bethany on the podcast was um, I remember last year we were talking about – I think I mentioned, like, something about Pride and Prejudice, and then afterwards we're like – we need to, oh there's my dog um we need <laughs> to do an episode together so this nice. month we're going to be doing uh covering Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen and my dog Riven is very excited for that so I will go into detail like a little bit of detail of Jane Austen so she was born in December 1775. And then she passed away in July, 1817. Uh, she was an English novelist known for plots that explored dependence of marriage in the pursuit of favorable social standing and economic security. Uh, her tone of work was like, I, ir- it was fighting irony along with like realism, humor, and social commentary. And, um, so when I was going through her bio, I remembered the movie *Becoming Jane*. Have you seen that? A very With...
1: long time ago. It has Anne
0: Hathaway, right? Yeah, and like James McAvoy. So yeah, I, I
1: vaguely remember. <laughs> spoilers, I guess, but I vaguely remember the ending was they didn't get together.
0: Yeah, and that's that's totally right. <laughs> there she goes again.
1: I wanted them to get together too, sweetie. She was was protesting that they didn't get together. See, you just gotta... You just gonna make the com- you gotta make the commentary for the dogs when they try to
0: ch- chime in. She's like, I know, I was so upset. <laughs> we all were, sweetie. We all were. <laughs> um, but according, because this movie was released in 2007. Um, but according to Kevin Hood, who did like the final screenplay for the movie, he attempted to weave together. Um, In the the quotations, what we know about Austin's world from her books and letters and believed Austin's personal life was the inspiration for Pride and Prejudice. I'm not too sure how how true that is, but I can kind of see that because, like, I think in the book she was, like, or, like, in the movie for Becoming Jane, she was really keen on finding love. Yeah. But then also, I guess, like, security for that time. But anyways, and Pride and Prejudice was published anonymously in three volumes in 1813. And in terms of adaptations, there are well over probably over a 100 literary adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. And today I just found out that uh, one of the adaptations is a graphic novel by Marvel. Um, um
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I just found it. And uh, it was released in 2009 and it has five volumes. So it, it's literally just Pride and Prejudice, but as a graphic novel. I need this. So I'll send you. I will like <laughs> attach links somewhere. One day we'll have a blog, and it'll I, be right there.
1: <laughs> I absolutely adore graphic novels. I actually just um, presented. I'm a librarian, and I just presented my research last week on uh, during a conference symposium on the benefits of graphic novel literature. So. I'm crazy excited that there's a Pride and Prejudice graphic (laughs) novel series that I can now rave about.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. And it looks so pretty. Like the, whoever the artist was looks like it it looks incredible. So I need to get my hands on it. I don't know how. Because we could also do a bonus episode on that. (laughs) Yeah, see, exactly. It just keeps going. And like, I was actually going to ask you, um, have you, uh, I've read a couple of other literary adaptations, but... Can you name a few that you've read?
1: The one that comes to mind is Death Comes to Pemberley, which I believe they turned into a mini series, but I don't remember watching it.
0: Yeah. Uh, that
1: and then I did read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I will tell anyone <laughs> if you have not read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, you don't need to. Yes. You get everything from the title. It is literally Pride and Prejudice. And zombies. <laughs> and sometimes they're zombies. Yeah. Now, the the film that they created, uh, they they took a lot of liberties and they tried to make it, like, an engaging story that had, like, a lot more to do with the zombies than anything else. But yeah. the book is literally word for word Pride and Prejudice. And then every couple of pages, there'll be a paragraph about zombies. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> you can get everything you need to know from the title. You don't actually have to read it. But it is kind of amusing. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. And then Death Comes to Pemberley. If I remember correctly, I enjoyed it. Uh, it looks like I gave it five stars on Goodreads. So oh, there's that.
0: Nice. <laughs> I have the book. Like, I'm pretty – I bought it just because I seen that. I was like, oh, it's a, it's like an adaptation. I need to read it. I yeah. haven't read it. <laughs> I've read every <laughs> other adaptation, but one day I'll get to it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's go through the plot summary. Um feel free to jump in if I've missed anything. Sure. Um, And this is I I, okay. Before I start, I did miss a lot of spots. Like I can already see it from my notes, but (laughs) we'll we'll fill in the blanks as we go. Of course. (laughs) All right, so this book is set in rural England in the early 19th century. The book follows the Bennett family and it includes five very different sisters. Uh, it starts off with Mrs. Bennett trying to persuade Mr. Bennett to visit Mr. Bingley, a recent rich bachelor who just moved into the neighborhood. When I first read this part, <laughs> It's funny reading it when you're a little bit older because Mr. Bing or Mr. Bennett is kind of like he he's sarcastic to his wife almost in a way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um it's just it's so much more better to read when you're an adult, but
1: I think as a child you misinterpret, or maybe not a child, but like as a teenager, you misinterpret that the relationship they have is that they don't like each other, that they have like a disdain for each other. Yeah. Um, and then I think as an adult, you can see that it, it comes from a place of like teasing because my husband and I tease each other all the time. Mm-hmm. We get like, you know, but I, I do think there is a small part of Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Bennett that resent each other yeah, simply because there's a small part. He wanted a son and so did she. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of him blames her for giving her m- only girls, right? Yeah. Um five. and then I think <laughs> right. And I think part of her blames him because they had only girls. And without him, their girls are going to be left destitute. And so I do think there is a little bit of resentment between the two of them. And I think um there's a couple of times throughout the story where Elizabeth kind of hints at she doesn't want a, a loveless marriage like what her parents had. But I think that as an adult, you can appreciate those things a lot more. Because as a kid, you're like, well, why wouldn't they love each other? They're married. But as an adult, you know that relationships are a lot more
0: complicated than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, And like, I forget which part, but like she was talking about how uh, she wants to – she wants the girls to meet Mr. Bingley. And then uh, Mr. Bennet was almost like, Oh, you better look out or watch out. He might, you know, catch a fancy, and and then you'll be the one that gets married to him or something like that. Right. So then they meet Mr. Bingley, who instantly takes an interest in the eldest Jane Bennett. Uh, She is known to be beautiful and shy. Um, And then we meet the illustrious Mr. Darcy, who isn't well received by Elizabeth. So, first impressions really. Or anybody. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. For anybody. <laughs> I'm I'm so biased, but I love Mr. Darcy. Like no matter how Aww, snobby I, he is, he's just right? I love his character. <laughs> I think they did she did like an excellent job.
1: I have a much better appreciation for him after watching the BB uh, the the 2005 adaptation. Mm -hmm. Because I I think that Matthew McFadden plays him as more socially awkward than socially inept. But yeah, definitely the first time around, I think you're on Lizzie's side where you're like, this douche.
0: I can't get enough of Mr. Darcy. He's just like, I don't know. He's just like this really awkward dude that doesn't understand social skills. (laughs) He really doesn't. He really doesn't. But – you know what? We can't fault him for that because he's also incredibly wealthy. So maybe he didn't learn that growing up, right? But yeah, so first impressions was like the big thing. And this is from this is like a quote I got from Britannica. I think that's what it was. I really liked what they wrote: uh, "Pride of rank and prejudice against the social inferiority inferiority of Elizabeth's family hold Darcy aloof, while Elizabeth is equally fired." But both by the pride of self-respect and by prejudice against Darcy's snobbery. And then we eventually meet Mr. Collins. What a weird guy. Um, before I go on, I was listening – I ended up listening to the book, like, while I was reading, and it was uh, narrated by Rosamund Park. Oh, not Rosamund Park. That's not even her name. <laughs> I'm blanking <laughs> on her name. Ah, what is her name? She literally plays Jane. No. Isn't I mean, that Rose? Oh, you mean in the original? Pike. I said Park. I meant to say yes, Pike. Yes. I was going to say, isn't that Roseman Park? No. Yeah. It's something else? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, um, but when she was reading the book, she made Mr. Collins sound like he was like, <laughs> he. it sounded like he, was, he had just ran a mile and he's like talking really quick and like really breathless. It was just really entertaining to listen to. Um, So if you ever just feel like listening to the book, I really recommend that narration, I guess you would call it. So Mr. Collins arrives with the hopes of marrying one of the Bennett sisters. And he asked Elizabeth for her hand in marriage, but ends up refusing, of course. Um, And then he goes on to marry her friend, Charlotte Lucas. But also during this time, Elizabeth meets George Wickham. And he informs her of how Mr. Darcy denied him of his inheritance. So Mr. Bingley holds a ball where Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth have a dance. And then I wrote swoon for some reason. Um, because they danced. I <laughs> was like, ah, finally they danced. <laughs> um, but afterwards, Bingley abruptly leaves town. So he pretty much like pieces out, pieces out. And uh, like for London – Well, Darcy's everybody is what he he, does. He does (laughs) like everyone. (laughs) You have this big ball, like this grand party, and then you just like, "Okay, bye!" Like without without a word, just like, "What the heck?" Yeah, and then Darcy becomes fond of Elizabeth and like admiring her intelligence and vitality, whereas she has other feelings because uh, she becomes convinced he is the reason for discouraging Bingley's relationship with Jane. And, obviously, she's not wrong. Um, So, afterwards, she ends up going to visit her dear friend, Charlotte, where she sees Darcy again. And I think I I missed a part, obviously, but we'll go back. Um, (laughs) But he professes his love for her, and he proposes, but she is genuinely surprised and declines the offer Offer. Um, and he wants an answer as to why, to which she replies, you broke up with, you broke up my sister and Bingley, like, how dare you? And then Darcy ends up writing a letter explaining exactly why he did what he did to them. Um, and he also mentions the situation between him and Mr. Wickham. And then Wickham tried to marry Darcy's then 15 year old sister in an attempt to gain wealth through, uh, her fortune. And then all of a sudden, Elizabeth changes her perspective on Darcy. And then, like, craziness continues to happen. Lydia ends up eloping with Wickham. And that alarms Elizabeth because it could ruin the like the reputation of her sisters or of the sisters. And then Elizabeth tells Darcy what's up. And he persuades Wickham to marry Lydia, <laughs> offering him money. And then... Finally, everything seems to fall into place afterwards, and Darcy encourages Bingley to head back and ask Jane to marry him. And then we finally end off with the best part, where Dar- Darcy proposes to Elizabeth, and she says yes. Whew! And that—that's pretty much the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a what a mouthful! And like that's not even half of it. I know, and it, it seems like
1: it seems like such a because it is a classic tale, right? It seems really easy to just be like, "Oh, it's enemies to lovers," and then to call it a day. Um, but there's there's so much more to it than that, I think.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> my not see a treat. I can hear her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if people get grossed out by that. <laughs> Dogs um, like treats. It's fine.
1: She's just enjoying the show right now. I like <laughs> dogs more than people, so I'm usually on the side of, like, whatever makes the dogs happy <laughs> is fine.
0: <laughs> like, she's just chilling. She's, like, sitting right beside me. I actually love it when she does that because usually she she doesn't sit with me often. But today she wants to hang out, which is nice. Um, where that was, is nice. I, it is nice. I'm I'm so glad she could be here.
1: When reading through this book, I think one of the most important things to acknowledge is that it is timeless. Yes. Um, And I don't just mean like it's a classic love story. I mean, the concept of people who are in different classes can be overwhelming and it can be a hard bridge to gap. And that is very true even now in the 21st century. I mean, obviously we don't have to worry about women becoming destitute because we can have jobs. We don't have to worry about women becoming destitute because one of their sisters, um, has, you know, fallen from grace and is out of society and stuff. Right. But, um, (laughs) uh, for, you know, when you think about the, overcoming different prejudices in life, even if you don't include race, gender, ethnicity, orientation, if you just include like the different stations people are in in their lives, you can see a big contrast. And I think that one of the things Pride and Prejudice still holds very dear to me is that It can be very easy to be prideful and not realize it. And it can be very easy to have a prejudice against someone and not realize it. Um, Because Darcy and Elizabeth are both very prideful. And Elizabeth is, is almost prideful just because Darcy finds her and her family so degrading. And that is one of the things that she judges him on. That's her prejudice against him. She judges him for being wealthy, for coming from a higher station, for having higher expectations. And he judges her on the same way. He judges her based on how her family acts, how her sisters behave, what she has to offer him in terms of like marriage and dowry. And I think that those things are still true today if we just apply them to to like our own situations.
0: I couldn't agree more. When I read it for the first time, I was primarily reading it just because I had the picture of, like, Keira Knightley, that Pride and Prejudice in that, when I was reading it. And uh, I missed all the stuff of the prejudice and, like, the pride. I missed all – I literally missed all of that. Um, But reading it a second time, you come to – yeah, you do come to realize, like, of all this stuff. And I find it's more – easier to like recognize as an adult Mm -hmm. Um, i think so but i do recommend people read it no matter how old
1: i mean this is something that like you know i think often jane austen is considered a female author in terms of like she writes chick books um but these are still things that men can enjoy these are still things that People who don't typically like romance can enjoy because if you think about it, the book is actually about a lot of failed romance and not necessarily like a true love until pretty close to the ending. A lot of it has to do with dealing with being poor. Yeah. Or what I should I shouldn't say that dealing with what they consider poverty, right? Because they Mm -hmm. have maids. So they're not that poor. But But they they are lower in station than the people that they surround themselves with, and that can feel very poor. Um, There's also a lot of sisterly dynamics, especially when you have five sisters. I have three sisters, and growing up, we all have such different personalities, and sometimes they they mesh really well and sometimes they clash and it creates a very different dynamic in your in your household and your relationships. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the story has so much more to it than just these two people who fall in love.
0: I never even like I never really felt that they were falling in love because I felt that Elizabeth's character was very strong willed and like um she was almost spicy in a way. And I really yeah. liked it because Especially
1: for that time.
0: Um, yeah. And the thing I really appreciate of that time was – and, like, I wouldn't be able to survive, I don't think, because I'm not really good at um, offhanded, like, remarks or, like, being in a conversation and being able to, like, continue to talk. Well, this doesn't count. But um, <laughs> it's – I find – I found it. it's like you – you're still very smart during this time like yes mm-hmm. you're educated but you also have the um almost like the outgoingness all the time to be able to converse with different people um so that's one thing i really appreciate of this era and i think it was written very well because um well i i think i resonate more with mary to be honest Mm -hmm. I used to think I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally Elizabeth. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm definitely Mary sitting in the background, maybe uttering a few words here and there.
1: Silently judging all of your (laughs) sisters for trying to get dates when there's perfectly good books that need to be read.
0: Or a piano that needs to be played at a ball. Exactly. But yeah, like going back with Elizabeth, I really liked her character just because – yeah, she was incredibly stubborn, but she knew what she wanted, and she didn't really – um, she didn't really let anyone, like, sway her in a direction that she wasn't comfortable with. Like, prime example with, like, Mr. Collins. She could have <laughs> married him, but she didn't. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like, how it's that would have very nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's also – uh, especially in recent years, there's a theory that um, Mary was gay and that's part of why she had no interest in men. Oh. And I don't know how true that is, of course, but um, yeah, I, th- I find it a
0: very interesting theory. I I don't know why, but I always thought that she was going to end up with Mr. Collins for some reason. Because um, she wanted
1: to. Yeah. Yeah, she was interested in him. He needed to marry one of the Bennett sisters.
0: And she was like, I'll do it. Yep, But and that didn't happen.
1: Now, to be fair, there's also a theory that Charlotte was gay. Really? And that's why she put off getting married for so long. But, you know, I mean, all of these things are just theories. And there's not really a way for us to know
0: if, if that's something that was uh, true or not. That's interesting to think about because what was she – I don't even know how old she was 27?
1: 27 28 I think
0: yeah, yeah So she was already like like technically a spinster at this point I think what is considered a spinster like what age
1: I don't even know I don't know what is spinster <laughs> in the age of Jane Austen just says old woman well that's not helpful oh. Well, thanks. <laughs> oh, okay. So the word Spencer in that time frame would have been ages twenty three to twenty six. So she oh. was well
0: above. So she was just a lady, or yeah. maybe maybe not. I don't. I don't know. My dog is very opinionated of this book. I can't tell. If hey, she it's a good it. book to have an opinion on. Yeah, like there's a lot going on. Um, I will always cherish like the really silly like comebacks like they're not even comebacks really but they're like just smart sentences on like certain parts of the book none really come to mind but you know you're reading it and then sometimes you just catch yourself laughing because they whatever they said was like really really ridiculous (laughs) right but i noticed like oh yeah um if we talk about money or, like, wealth for a second. Um, so, Darcy made 10,000 10, pounds a year. Mm-hmm. And today, let's see how much that is. 10,000. Oh, gosh. Um, so much. Uh, in 1813, worth today. Let's see. Oh. I know there's a
1: calculator online somewhere.
0: Oh, here it is. Uh, so, Mr. Bennett's annual income would have been one hundred sixty. I don't know if this is in Canadian or U.S. dollars, but it says $160,000 per year compared to – In America, to,
1: that's a pretty decent
0: amount. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> um, and then compared to Mr. Darcy's, which would be $800,000 a year, which is absolutely, like, bonkers. Like, what? And that's because that is he crazy. land. Like – Wait, how much makes, was Darcy's? Uh today it would be eight about eight hundred thousand dollars. So year. almost a
1: million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. So
0: he's like a that millionaire.
1: Is insane. That is an insane difference if you think about it though.
0: Which is crazy to think about. That um um I mean the circumstances obviously good good on Elizabeth for denying his, you know proposal the first time but yeah she has a family to take care of (laughs) like girl that's a lot of money
1: have you read little women sometimes girls have different choices
0: (laughs) (laughs) i actually haven't read little women but oh it's basically
1: (laughs) the american version of pride and prejudice you should really give it a shot it's beautiful
0: i will add that to my list my ever-growing list um yeah i'm surprised like if i had to marry for money I'm pretty sure I would just, like, at that point, she would have her own, like, quarter of the house. She probably wouldn't even have to talk to him if she really, really didn't like him.
1: I mean, that's kind of what Charlotte does, right? Charlotte is like, I'm just going to run the house and you're going to pay for stuff. (laughs) And if we have to, we'll lie together as husband and wife.
0: Is there any other, like, part that you wish would have been different or...
1: It would have been nice if Charlotte was gay, and then we could have a little bit of representation. Um, But obviously, that wasn't as easy of a topic to venture into in Austin's age. Um, And it's possible that Austin was trying to imply that this is what happens to women who are gay. They don't really have other choices in society because it wasn't acceptable, you know? Um, and, you know, luckily today we live in a world where it's a lot more accepting and people can love who they want to love. Yeah. So if if we were to do a retelling today, uh, I would probably have Charlotte be
0: gay. I think that would be a lot better. Yeah. Or even just like Lizzie and Charlotte, like just go off and be married and enjoy their life together. Because those were like, they were really close friends. And I would yeah. really, be really happy to see that.
1: And it's possible that Charlotte at one point may have even had feelings for Elizabeth, their best friends. I don't know. I think they were probably just friends. But it's hard to tell when people put those uh, theories out there. It kind of makes you look at all of the characters and all of the stories in a different light. Um, yeah. And it can make it really difficult to kind of come up with your own theory after you hear those types of things. It It does leave something to be desired
0: it does i i would like to think that that could have been something that she maybe had done or could have written about yeah it would have been nice to see some of
1: those things i think but um you know like i said at the time there was only so much she could explore and that makes it really frustrating i think
0: Mm -hmm. when was the first time that you actually read the book
1: so, I read the book the first time I believe I was twelve. I had just watched the BBC version with my mom. It's one of her favorites. Um, and I really didn't understand a lot of what was going on because I was twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she gave me the she gave me a copy of her book to read. Um, and I think the first time I read it and thoroughly enjoyed and understood would have been when I was in high school.
0: I think I read it in high school actually. I read it with um what do you call it Jane Eyre, mhm, which is a very long book to read,
1: <laughs> yeah, the Bronte sisters are um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah long winded <Yeah. laughs> it's the same as like um charles dickens it's like okay you're an incredible writer but you were getting paid by the word and we can
0: tell like (laughs) please make this sentence a little bit shorter for me right oh i just remembered i don't know why i didn't write this down but did you i know we'll talk about this for the movie or other adaptations but did you watch the youtube series of pride and prejudice
1: Lizzie Bennet Diaries? Yeah. Yes, they're so cute. I I love that that one of the sisters is a cat.
0: Yes, (laughs) I remember binge watching that, and I thought it was, like, the cutest thing in the world. And, like, obviously nothing compared to the book, but they just translated it to, like, modern times and to a classic, like, love story. But, oh, my goodness. It was so, so good. And then you have the other adaptations like what is it, Bridget Jones? I love Bridget Jones.
1: The books are also really good.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like the first I book.
1: Per- I pretend that um Without a Boy doesn't exist. Or you about know. a boy.
0: <laughs> about a boy. We don't that. talk about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we don't talk about that. But the other books are great.
0: Oh yeah. They were really well done. And then there's Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe, and that was made into a Hallmark movie.
1: That sounds adorable.
0: It was um, the adaptation. The movie is atrocious. I would not <laughs> recommend it. Um, but the book is really cute. Um, in that adaptation, the uh, Darcy is actually a female, so they like reverse the roles. Ooh, I would love that. It's actually it was really really cute. Um I think it was Melissa Della Cruz that had did that adaptation. Um I'm not sure what other books she's actually done, but um yeah, that one's a really cute one if you want to read like a Christmassy type I do love Christmassy. I think it's the perfect one. Um yeah, I I'm trying to not talk about like the movie, which is really It's hard, hard not
1: to compare stuff to the movie or That's even to I the find, TV
0: show. Yeah, I always find the book episodes are really difficult to talk about. Talk
1: about the relationship dynamic between Lizzie and her parents. She's obviously a great deal closer to her father. Her father even takes her side over her mother's on multiple occasions, and yep. they sort of make fun of her behind her back, which is not very romantic. Um, <laughs> but I, I do like that, like they have such a close relationship.
0: She's like the closest thing to him having a son. Yes, they're they're pretty. Like he was always on her side, especially with like the m- proposal with Collins.
1: Yeah, that part I as a as a married person, I'm like, don't take other people's sides. <laughs> um, but like as a as a, a feminist,
0: I'm like, no, don't marry someone you don't want to
1: marry. And that's another you know?
0: thing of why I liked her because she didn't. She like really stood her ground and like bravo to her she would fit in now as a feminist like
1: she would she would be a good public speaker and motivational speaker and she would go to marches and help pass legislation and write petitions and stuff like she would very easily she could be plucked out of that time frame and put into our frank time frame and she would do fine actually her and mary both but that's not true of all the characters in the book
0: no because then you have lydia and um Kitty, who, oh my God, those are two characters that really make you think about if you're going to have girls, like to be careful with them <laughs> keep the keep keep them
1: as reined in as you can, yeah, um yeah, it's I have a, a I have three sisters, as I said, and um Lindsay, uh my sister Lindsay was very boy crazy when she was in high school. Um, And on more than one occasion, it kind of bit her in the ass, unfortunately. But I think she learned a lot from it, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that when you have sisters, you can sort of learn from them without having to have their same mistakes and experiences. But I don't think that that's true for Kitty and Lydia. I don't necessarily think that Kitty learned from what Lydia did. I mean, Mr. Bennett did because he was basically like, Kitty, you're never leaving the house ever again. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll be damned if you talk to a boy.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: (laughs) but I don't necessarily feel like, uh, I I don't necessarily feel like Kitty herself learned anything other than, you know, don't do it.
0: Yeah. I found that, um, like, in – broad terms everyone was going through something with like love and marriage there was it was almost like painting a picture of different types throughout the entire book absolutely Um, because you have Lydia so many different
1: representations of relationships
0: yeah and like it starts off like really strong with like Mr. and Mrs. Bennett immediately we see like that love marriage dynamic and then it goes continues on throughout the book And then you see, like, the ones where it doesn't happen, like the love match thing. Like, Caroline clearly loves Darcy, but it doesn't happen. So much.
1: Well, actually, I don't know if she loves him. Maybe she's just, like, I think she wants to marry him.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: necessarily think she loves him. I think she thinks, why wouldn't I marry him? Why wouldn't he marry me? We are the perfect societal match i'm friends i'm his i'm his best friend's sister i'm obviously a well-accomplished lady we're around the same age like why wouldn't he marry me and i think that's what frustrates her about lizzie because she doesn't see lizzie's appeal and she doesn't understand why he
0: hasn't married her already and she always like it's like she well she obviously resents lizzie on more than one occasion she was always commenting on how like or dirty her outfit was, or, like, Mm -hmm. oh, her manners are, like, poor, Mm -hmm. basically saying she's not really a woman because she's not educated enough or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's – I don't know. I think that – trying to find the best way to say this without using the word um 37 times. (laughs) (laughs) Take your time. (laughs) I, (laughs) I think that Caroline sees herself as an older Georgiana, she hears the way that Darcy dotes upon Georgiana and how accomplished she is. And she thinks to herself, I'm just as accomplished as his sister. And he thinks his sister is perfect. So why wouldn't he like me? And then she sees Lizzie, who's not, who's she doesn't have the skill of drawing or embroidery. She's dreadful on the piano. Like she's poor and destitute. And according to Charlotte. Caroline she's plain looking so I think if anything there's just an animosity because Caroline like legit does not know why Darcy doesn't want to marry her and cannot see any appeal in Lizzie and then on top of that her brother is falling in love with Lizzie's sister like no Caroline is the ultimate mean girl but (laughs) we have to we have to look at her side of the story too just to play devil's advocate she was hanging out with her brother and trying to get and falling for his best friend. And they have this great life together. And then all of a sudden here come these Bennett sisters ruining everything.
0: <laughs> that's, that's oh, how I yeah. look at it. Honestly. Yeah. And then you have Lizzie who came in, who I just found that the way she was able to hold a conversation with Darcy. um, Cause they challenged each other a lot. And she never really, like, um, well, obviously because she was prejudiced towards him, but she was always challenging him in some sort of way, I found. Yeah, that's true. And, like, testing his dancing skills or something.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's good to have someone who challenges you.
0: Which is why, I like, I think that they were really good together, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that they en- ended up marrying each other in the end. Just because that they're always going to keep each other entertained. I think that
1: that Darcy and Elizabeth both need that type of partner.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: You know what I mean? Like some people, like Mary, for example, Mary would need to marry someone who's very agreeable because she just does not have the energy or the passion to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Same with Collins. Same with uh, Charlotte. They're very calm people with a very calm demeanor. So they need to be in a a calm home with a marriage that doesn't invoke a lot of arguing, right? But Darcy and Elizabeth both love to be challenged (laughs) and they love to like rise above and prove people wrong and accomplish things in spite of others' expectations. So in that way, they're almost perfect for each other because. They have this, like, almost this tension that gives them – that makes them compatible, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Because if they weren't able to, like, challenge each other, obviously they wouldn't have ended up together. And he would have been bored with her. Because he became more infatuated with her when she started – like, she never shied away from – Anything from him or like anything she said, she was always very honest, and that honesty I feel like is what kind of sparked that interest in her. Because I think when he started noticing her, is when they were at the Bingley's and Jane was sick, and like he would watch her yes. from across the room, and she was like, Oh, this is weird, like, is there something? And on she, me? she,
1: um, her face was
0: blushed from walking. Oh, right, yeah oh, <laughs> uh, man, every like see like little stuff like that. I just love because it just makes the story so much more better.-hmm uh, we are almost up. do you have a favorite quote? Yes, I have a favorite
1: quote. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> I cannot, oh gosh, I feel like I know it by heart. I cannot paint upon the hour or the minute. Or the, well, I'm going to, I need to find the actual quotes. So I don't think it out of myself. <laughs> you need to do
0: it justice. Because
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the exact wording and I I don't want to do it wrong. There it is. Okay. I cannot fix on the hour or the spot or the look or the words which laid the foundation. It is too long ago now. I was in the middle before I knew that I had begun. <laughs> I love that. That's what you know, falling in love is. You don't realize that you're falling in love and then it was and then it's kind of all like, oh shit, I can't live without this person. How did that happen?
0: Right. You, you know, know what's really lame about that quote? I <laughs> used okay, so on Instagram I would like always use book quotes and I would always specifically use Jane Austen. But last year, I did, like, an anniversary quote with for, like, me and my boyfriend, and that is the exact same line I use. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I was like, it's just so perfect. I wish people knew that quote more. <laughs> Actually, maybe not, because I don't – I want the – I'm selfish.
1: I My husband and I are friends to lovers. Like, we were friends for, like, six years before we fell in love. So, yeah. um – I, I love the concept of like accidentally falling in love when you don't mean to.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so cute and it's just, ah, I love it. I think that is a good spot to end this episode. Otherwise, I'll just keep rambling on. <laughs> and I just,
1: yes, I'm just, waiting. it's hard not to ramble, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'm like, oh, I just want to talk about like comparing, like comparisons between the book and the movie. But we will wait mm-hmm. for that because. I need to be patient. I will say, um. <laughs> um, I could.
1: I I recommend a really, a really good bad movie.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, please do. I love those.
1: Um, so there's a a. I found out recently it's a Mormon version, but I did not realize <laughs> that until recently. But there's a Mormon version of Pride and Prejudice that's available on Amazon Prime. Um, it was came out in like 2008 or something. It's clearly low budget, but. I don't know why I love it so much because it's also not the best acting and not the best script, but for some (laughs) reason, I just love it so much. Um, So if you're bored for two hours and you have to fold laundry, that's what I recommend.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm going to check that out tonight because that's definitely what I need.
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why I like it. I legit don't because I, I, when you watch, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, like, a really good, bad movie, you know? Some, there are just movies out there that aren't great, but, like, you still love them.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, that reminds me of a movie I watched during, like, Halloween. Uh, it was, like, Velociraptor Priest or something like that. It was really dumb, but, and it was incredibly low-budget, but it was so funny that I'll probably watch it again, like, every Halloween. Um, but low-budget films, like, they're kind of underrated
1: (laughs) they are they're super underrated yeah i I love i love low budget films because sometimes they're like super great or like um made for tv christmas movies
0: oh Oh my my goodness those are like the best right they're pure gold. Those are the perfect ones when you're just like, I'm just going to sit and not think and just watch. And Vanessa Hudgens
1: did one a couple years ago um, called, um, gosh, what was it called? Which one is it?
0: She did so many, actually, in the last few years. I
1: know, but it was really good. Um, I'm Googling Christmas movie. Because <laughs> it even had a sequel, The Princess Switch. Oh, right. Um, and I loved it so much.
0: <laughs> I, I couldn't get enough of that one. And then there was the, prin- the Christmas Prince or what was it? No, the Prince Christmas. Oh no, the gosh. Christmas Prince I think Christmas is Prince. right. And, and then it's it has- also really cute. <laughs> like, it's just such an easy thing to watch. Like, we should probably have an episode of us just talking about Hallmark movies. <laughs>
1: Hallmark I movie. would love that. <laughs>
0: Maybe once we get like Patreon going, that could just be our thing and we can just review all the low budget Christmas movies or just low budget movies in general. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Bethany. I really appreciate this and I'm so glad we were able to do this finally. (laughs) It's been a long time I am too
1: because I absolutely... Love talking about this book series, like or not series, but like all of the adaptations make me think it's a series, even though it's not. Um it's, yeah. <laughs> so like I'm looking at my shelf and I have like so many and then I'm like, no, there's really only it's one. Just
0: one uh, But it's <laughs> been so well. You can't not add up like make it into something else. So
1: and I, I really look forward to um getting to talk to you about the other two adaptations as well.
0: Yeah, and then my sister will be on. Juliana will be here next Yay. week, so it's going to be awesome. All three of us can go ham. And also, she wasn't able to be here today, but this was her first time reading Pride and Prejudice. She's watched oh, the movie, awesome. movie multiple times, but yeah, this was the first time. So I'm really happy that we were finally. Able
1: that would be to do so this. interesting to go from, um, to go from like watching the movie to reading the book, like.
0: You know, so we're I mean? going like, to never that. read
1: the you've <laughs> never read the book. Like your first interpretation is the movie. Yeah. That would be very interesting. Because
0: there's a there's a lot of differences, kind of just small, like small stuff. But right. Um, But yeah. Um, So I will let you go. Uh, but also to everyone who listens, uh, be sure to follow her to be. Oh, my gosh. be sure to follow bethany at prince kai fan pod and also listen to her podcast because it's awesome
1: thank you i listen to
0: it a lot so
1: yay i'm so glad that someone listens
0: (laughs) of course i love listen i love i love listening to like book podcasts because
1: me too i'm big on like serialized podcasts where they go like episode by episode or chapter by chapter like those are my favorite things
0: me too, especially because you get to talk about, like, the little things. And yes, you don't skip over anything. I love it. Um, Absolutely. But thank you so much again, and we will see you next week. Okay. Right. Have a good Bye. night. Bye.